When I started this series of podcasts about the arts and their countless emotional and mental health benefits, I started with my lovely sister talking about orchestral music, and I had a few guests in mind to talk to about fine art and writing and poetry and dance and acting and all those kinds of things. But hairdressing, it's so important to most of us. And hairdressers are definitely creative people who really matter a lot. And they definitely deliver emotional and mental health benefits. I mean, like your clothes, your hair speaks volumes about you. Even if you've just had it all buzzed off rather than comb over what's left of it. Two different statements, those, aren't they? I'm Frances Butt, and this is Emotipod. I've had more hairstyles than I can remember. Super short, pretty long, bobbed more often than not, and a range of colours over the years. Red, platinum blonde, almost black, tasteful middle-aged lady honey tones, and finally grey. Thank God. What a relief. But haven't the Covid years been an interesting opportunity? Women and men just let their hair grow longer and let their colours grow out. And while we were all in the same boat, that was quite relaxing, and some of it looked pretty good. But finally, I felt the need for something, and a strong desire to go see Doug Hobbs, probably Bristol's best-known stylist and salon owner. Doug learned all about customer service in a posh ladies' salon, back in the days when it was all about having your hair set and sitting under those big overhead dryers before getting stuck into really trendy cutting at Shaggers. Yes, Shaggers, a name you wouldn't get away with now, but that was the fashion salon in town for years, before going solo and developing his own brand. And a further measure of Doug's creativity was his putting on the annual Hobbs Fashion Show in Bristol, which was a very big deal for some years. I remember Doug running one show while wearing his very broken leg in one of those terrifying external frame things. The guy was unstoppable, and he still is, over 20 years later. So, who better to talk to about the art of hair? But, confession time, I screwed up with a recording on this one, and we lost precious content because we weren't recording when I thought we were, damn it. And... The sound was really low for the first five minutes because I hadn't shoved the thing into the thing properly. Oh, my God. But, you know, it's a podcast, not the BBS year. And I've done my best. And Doug is still a gorgeous slice of Bristol to listen to. This was recorded early one morning before opening time. So you'll hear people arriving and some coffee making noises. Doug. Thank you so much. Do you know what? We've just had a cock up because we thought we've just been chatting away here merrily for about 10 minutes and it was fantastic. You were telling me wonderful things and um, it wasn't recording. Never mind. So, Doug, thank you once again for coming into work early. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, we aren't going to remember all the things I was asking, all the wonderful things you were telling me. Because hairdressing is an art and you were telling me that you started in a in a local salon for ladies and got your training that way. Not local salon, it was on oh, the Oh, it was a, oh, a proper posh, a posh, yeah, a posh salon. posh salon in Park Street. 
Right, so central town, but mm. but for the posh ladies, gentlemen as well. It wasn't unisex no, no. and ladies no, no, only. No, it wasn't unisex. Then. So that was seventies. That's seventy one. Yeah, fantastic. All the art, all, all the actresses and everything from you just go to the hippodrome and the thing they used to come up and have their hair set because it wasn't about the cut then; it was about the set. So in seventy one, it was still all pretty traditional. Very. Yeah. And there weren't sort of trendy salons in, in that way. Not in Bristol yeah. yet, and then. Shaggers, which was very famous and lasted a long time here. That mm. was a, the big, the main one, yes, wasn't it, it was, in yeah. Bristol? And you started work there. I worked there uh, three weeks after it opened. Oh, fantastic! And so you trained. Were you trained in in all kinds of funky cuts? Then did you get training in salon? You have to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I was trained in salon, and because it was such a cool place, it was almost like a nightclub. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't go there, you didn't go anywhere. Wow. I mean, and also Guy Fawkes was very similar. Yeah. And. Um, Really, they sort of burnt me out a bit because it's every 20 minutes you had to do a haircut. Wow. And to you know what, to be perfectly honest, I actually created a haircut, which loads of clients come in, got really trendy in Bristol. Complete mistake. Um, Why? When you do shampoo in sets, you cut the, the crown shorter. Yeah. Um, and then you set. Well, you don't do that with cotton blow dry. And then I, I cut someone's hair and it sort of stuck up on the crown. And then their friends started coming in because they liked this. Oh. And, and by sheer luck, it was sort of Bowie. Became a thing. Oh, right. I'm not Got saying it. I created Bowie. I'm just saying. Ziggy just, kind of thing, yeah. yeah. And it was just at the same time. So, um, yeah, so it's like a lot of good things. You know, sometimes you've got to make a mistake to... Have the know. accident, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it was really cool. So I learned an awful lot there. So was then... Crazy colour coming in as well as cuts Crazy then. Crazy colour, we used to do a lot of coppers, bright yeah. reds. And it's really funny because it was so diverse because it was like very Sassoon with the asymmetric, yeah. sharp, beautiful yeah. cuts. Then we had the afros. And then ah. we had like the... Because there's Bieber as well and all that yeah, going Bieber on. Yeah, Bieber coming yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, I used to love Bieber. Yeah, and then it's sort of with Bowie coming through and Elton John, Lou Reed. It was, like, it was such a fantastic Exciting time, time really. And then, you know, obviously... Um, Saturday Night Fever, and yeah, yeah, it was a very exciting. So I know most people think this yeah. anyway with their era, but it's, it's it was a it, it was starting from seventies. It's an incredible in decade Bristol. for hair, actually, yeah. wasn't it? You yeah. think about I yeah, remember having time. everyone having that ghastly flick, it was like an ox horns thing, <laughs> you no, know, not Farrah Fawcett majors. <laughs> oh no, yeah, then it was perms, wasn't it? it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so many perms. things. Yeah. yeah, but then you got your own salon locally, yeah, in Whitchurch, um, in early eighties. And then I opened the one in Christmas Steps, which, again, I made, you know, sort of mistakes there, not hair-wise, because I didn't make it a brand. It was all about me. Yes. And if I wasn't there, it, it wasn't very busy. So uh, I sold that. Um, and it taught me a lot because yeah. you've got to learn by your mistakes. And it taught me about the brand. So and Hobbs, yeah. Hobbs is a very strong it's brand. It's a big, strong brand yeah. in Bristol now. And you moved, and well, you've trained. You must have trained so many mm. Uh, young stylists and colourists. Do you train colourists as well? Yeah, we train yeah. colourists as well. I mean, we always had colourists or stylists. Mm. But um, then with some hairdressers, technicians, and colour technicians left. Yeah. And then we were short, so we started training people okay. in the last two, three years now. Right, to right. To do both. Yeah, if you need to sign for this. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm good, thanks yourself. This is a good man, he's been delivering for years. How wonderful. Oh, yeah, you're all right. Well, yeah, you're middle of an interview, are you? Yeah. I'll leave you to it anyway. He's doing a podcast. Brilliant. Fantastic. Anyway, have a lovely holiday. Bye. I'll see you soon, Dougie. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. -bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
Um, so you've had lots of uh, young stylists and colorists come over the years, and that yeah. So you get young people coming through all the time, keeps you young because you're still very fit and young. <laughs> um, and then you got into the Hobbs. What brought on the Hobbs Fashion Show? Right, the Hobbs Fashion Talk Fashion uh, Show. Well, the Hobbs Fashion Show. It started really because. It's like friends said to me, oh, well, hairdressing, whatever. I said, but it's fashion as well. And they were, no, it's not. It's hair. I know it's fashion for the hair. I went, no, but it's, again, it's lifestyle. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, going on with Mary Quant. Yeah. I mean, Mary Quant and Vidal Sassoon were best friends. It, mm. They were, again, things which happen in this world, they they were friends at exactly the right time. Yeah. You know, and Sassoon's changed completely uh, hair. People could start getting in the swimming pool. And not worrying about uh-huh. having their hair set. That kind of thing. You know, yes, all this sort of thing. So it was all, you know, and then from the, the stage of setting hair and can't do anything or having to swim with their head out of the water, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden they could do anything. And yeah. it's a revolution. Yeah. So um, I broke my leg in seven places. I remember that. And remember I was home very bored. Yeah. So again, at the time, you know, 90s, Bristol Park Street was so diverse, beautiful, yeah. individual places yeah beautiful individual places yeah. and everyone knew knew each other yeah. you know everybody knew each yeah. other you know um when anything happened anyone yeah. who was anyone would be there anyone was, was anybody who would be there yeah. so i was sat there and i thought you know what i'm going to ring a few people let's do a little fashion show <laughs> a little one mm. so yeah it started at um a mar- two marquees in channon's you know, but everyone got involved. And as you remember Spank yes. and uh, Liz Lewitt in, in fashion and, you know, sort of sex sales. And it was yeah. in the late 90s, um, you know, fetish was very big. Yeah. So everyone got involved and yeah. um, it, it sort of escalated from there. And me being me, I, I just wanted each one I do, I wanted to be bigger. So it just <laughs> and got... And it did get bigger again. It was the big event of the year, every year. Yeah. And I had the privilege of... Yeah, you did. You modelled. In a special sort of corset. Well, in your Thank corset. You so much. But it must have been pretty knackering as well as rewarding. Well, I, the first one, I actually had my frame on when I'd done it. And um, because I was learning, it was, oh gosh, my legs swell up. I was like, oh, my friend yeah. said after, my God, you're so white. But I didn't sit down. And I wanted to prove to people, no, come on, let's do this. And, you know, that's how it was. But, yeah, that's uh, some energy, you mm-hmm. really did. You do. You still do. So what are the things that you always think about when you meet a new client and you're looking at what they've brought you, not just the shape of their head and the kind of their hair, but you're figuring out who they are, what kind of person they are, aren't you? Well, do you know what? Obviously, maybe I get it wrong sometimes, but I within like a minute, I can suss people out. Yeah. I mean, again, I've been hairdressing over 50 years. Yeah. And I think... In hairdressing, you've got to have that art. Yeah. You've got to understand people. There's some people who are quite quiet and, you know, I'm quite... Gregarious. Uh, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> I can be quiet. Yeah. And uh, my clients, to be perfectly honest, aren't usually that because your trade reflects you. You get that sort of trade. And because it's all recommendations, people, mm. I think, recommend people who, are, who they, they know they get on with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And some people okay. like me taking the mickey out of them and they, they do it back. So that's what it's all about, really, is sort of a... So you attract, you attract a certain kind of client. I, yeah, who's, I do. Who's, who's and and other, other clients do. We've got a girl here, been here, Karina and Neil, they've been here 18 years. Mm. And um, Mel has, but she's very loud. She makes me sound quiet. But the other <laughs> two are quiet. But they're, I could always tell, as soon as someone walks through the door, 
who they're going to. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's that sort of trade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like mm. that. I like, yeah, so it's a very personal kind of creativity, really. No, that's really right. Good. I mean, they can actually, um, all brilliant hairdressers, mm. but I could cut their hair, someone else could cut the same person's hair, and you've got to enjoy your hairdresser as well. Yeah. yeah. You could do a better cut, yeah. or they could do a better cut, but they still go to the person they enjoy being with. Yeah. And that's no, why... it's important. It's a massive trust, actually. Yeah, it? Huge yeah, it is. And this is why I think the salons work. Because, yeah. again, you look at this, the people here, it's so diverse with the different yeah, types yeah. of people. Yeah, which is good because you're covering a lot mm. of bases and, mm. and very important because it's, you know, not, not everyone's the same. But do you ever have to try and dissuade someone from coming in and wanting a particular thing or to have any conflict with, with your client about what, about what they're going to be able to do with them? Yeah. Um, not anymore, to be honest. I mean, you get people say, well, I want it, and we just say, no, we can't do this. And we explain to them, literally 99.9% accept that. Yeah. Many, many years ago, they wouldn't because, yeah. they, again, it was Everyone a wanted style. Wanted thing. the same. Yeah. That's, and they didn't really want to look. It, yeah. it wasn't the hair they wanted. Yeah. They wanted like the person. But again, now it's all about the style to suit the person. Yeah. So it, we don't really get that. And again, I think because the brand's so strong, yeah. I think people, and again, because I'm older, when I get recommended, you know they just go, oh, do, do what you, you know like. What you're doing. I yeah. know you know what you're doing. Um, so if somebody goes, go for it, I'm safe in your hands. Hmm. <laughs> do you, yeah, are you, are you way or are you a bit careful? With no, them? I'm way. It's <laughs> 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 great. And does, what what happens if it goes wrong? Does it, I mean have things gone? It wrong? never goes. I mean never it goes. Go wrong. Never goes wrong. I mean, don't, what, sometimes people might not be sure of a color. Okay. And well, that's fixable, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. and it's it's very fixable. But also, it's because it's like when you paint a wall. <laughs> you put these little touches, don't you? You know, the little yeah. talk, oh, I put green there. What I see, which one I like. Yeah. They like that one. Do it all over. Hate it. Right. So people picture. Yeah. things different yeah. because they picture it that looks really lovely they yeah. can't picture it as a whole right so that's the only time we do get okay. but again we talk about it and they come back it's yeah. all about getting a relationship yeah, yeah. and even with my cuts and you know and colors we, we sort of say listen you know next time you come in this, yeah. this is great now but next time you come in if you think well you know i love that but i weren't sure about that we'll talk about it so in if you you know it sounds like fantastic success rate but do you ever have people who come in because they want you to fix something somebody else has done. Yeah, yeah, but not as much as it used to be. Right. I mean, going back many, again, when we first opened, we were known. We used to get recommended from L'Oreal and all these different companies mm. to come here for colour correction. Oh. Because people didn't know how to do colour. Mm. Because when you sort of like, say someone's bleached blonde, they want to go back to a colour. You've oh. got to add pigment. Mm. Well, a lot of salons didn't know how to add pigment, so mm. it'd go greeny or whatever. Oh. Now... Colours have moved on so much, yeah. you can actually put the colour straight on, which right. is against us because we used to make a lot of money because we were doing colour corrections. Okay. We don't really do many colour corrections okay. now because even if you don't know about colour, it's it's in the product now. Yeah. The pigment is in with the product. And the other thing is, I mean, fashion and colour changes a lot. Um, I mean, I've got grey hair That's and I gave it up. Well. Thank I love you it. so much. But it's, oh, what a liberation it is to mm. not have to colour it because mm. that's quite recent, isn't it? Well, I... I talk a lot of people about having colour. Yeah. I mean, I think 90% of people need colour. Just freshen up. But if it's a lovely grey, yeah. don't have a colour. Yeah. And the COVID helped because a lot of people, I've been trying to talk about having colours for ages okay. because their roots show so much. Yes. They actually let it grow down yeah. like yeah. a good six inches yeah. and they had it halfway there. Brilliant. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> yeah, thank you, COVID. <laughs> <Way>. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, where are you? Oh, I know you still cut your mum's hair, and why wouldn't you? She looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I cut it last this week actually. Uh, so, so your your salon is still for for all ages. Really. Well, again, you know, without blowing our own trumpet, I think this is why it's successful. Our diversity of clients. Mm. It, it goes from students, um, youngsters. We only cut really children's hair if we do their parents' hair. Yeah. Um, but we got older people. You know, I had a, got a woman. Actually, she can't get down here now. She's 96. She lives in Russell Square. She sang at one of my shows. She used to sing for the troops. Oh. And she, Russell Square, London? Yeah. She comes down. That's yeah. where Jingles was. Are you actually, where I, yeah. Where I used to go and yeah. be a student. I actually went for a day course in Jingles. And when I first opened here, the guy who owned Jingles, I used his products. Amazing. Yeah, so Jingles yeah. was a training academy in mm. Russell Square. Well, there's a little coincidence, yeah. isn't it? Um, and have you any absolute belters of transformations that someone has said really changed things for them? Yes. I Apart actually me a couple of weeks ago when I yeah, came yeah, in after yeah. COVID. <laughs> um, the main one for me, um, since I've been here, is I've got... Um, a lady who comes really lovely client. She has it cut and coloured all the time now. Yeah. She used to have. She got very very thick hair, and it was into a bob straight. And she come in. She said, "I just been recommended. I moved to Bristol. I just been recommended to you. Um, I always have a bob." I said, "I'm not doing it because her hair was curly." Okay. But when it was wet, you could see how curly it was. Yeah. So I said, "No, I'm going to change it." And she actually had a burn on one side oh. her hair and she didn't have any hair on the okay. one side uh, underneath okay. and um, so I cut it asymmetric and I left it curly on one yeah. side short now her hair is cropped on one side oh, in curly amazing. and we have all different colours and she said I actually completely changed her life because she used to get up every morning dry her hair after take it you know and now she just leaves it oh. so yeah there are transformations that is transformation but it's very brave of her as well yeah. Because some people, they can't get used to it and they go back, and you know. But she's a great client. Fantastic. Yeah. So that is the power of good haircutting. Yeah. Thank you so much, Doug. What a treat. All right. What a treat enjoyed, to talk to you. Enjoyed it. And uh, have an amazing time in New York. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Cheers. Thank you. Hairdressing is known to be the happiest job to be in. And that makes sense. Not only is it creatively rewarding, it's also wonderfully social. Clients come into a warm, relaxing, cheerful, chatty place, getting pampered as they join in the gossip and the jokes, and they leave looking and feeling better than when they arrived. It's a pretty unbeatable combination, isn't it? I'd never thought about how important it is to create a salon brand before, rather than just a loyal, personal clientele. That's a creative endeavour in its own right, not just a business one. Creating and building a recognisable, consistent brand that people get to know and trust. And the 1970s, what a decade for Doug to have become a hairdresser. Think of the range of styles from that weekly set you couldn't swim underwater with, the sharp sassoon asymmetric cuts and the glam rock and the boho, the disco bubble perms and afros, to the punk day glow colours and mohawks. But I like what he said about a practitioner's style attracting compatible clients because it's a, a relationship of great trust. Your self-esteem is in your stylist's hands after all. I also loved when Doug said that these days, rather than people asking to look like Farrah Fawcett or Bowie or Susie when 
that might not be possible. Hairdressing has evolved to be more individualistic now. That's a good evolution. There'll always be fashions and trends, of course there will. And here's to it. Here's to Doug, Karina, Mel, Neil and all the Hobbs team. Thanks to them and to all our hair professionals who make us look and feel not just presentable, but mighty, mighty fine. If you enjoyed this chat, there are loads of others in the series now covering all kinds of topics, and I'm sure there'll be at least one other that you might enjoy. So have a scroll through Emotipod on your favourite podcast platform. And if you like the series, please feel free to subscribe, tell your friends about it, and a positive Spotify, Apple or any other kind of review would be massively appreciated if you do like it and have a moment because that helps Emotipod find new listeners who might enjoy it. So, thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better.